Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 196 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have Kansas City's finest. Best friend duo Sarah and Kayla are here to share their relationship with alcohol and how it led to the birth of Sip Steady, a women-owned marketing, PR, and events agency that partners with innovative non-alcoholic brands and sober-friendly businesses. This is such a great episode. Let's get into it. Ladies, I'm so excited. We have like a little threesome today with Sarah <laughs> and Kayla. What's going on, ladies? How are you? Hello. Hello. Feeling fantastic. Dry January has been great thus far. So yeah, yeah we're doing great. Nice. And where are you guys located? We are based out of Kansas City, but funnily enough, neither Kayla nor I are from Kansas City. I'm originally oh. from the East Coast and grew up in the D.C. area. Okay. And I'm uh, from Canada. I came down in 2014 and was transferred to Kansas City, and now we both call it our our chosen home. So <laughs> That's so cool. Kayla, where in Canada yeah. are you from? I'm from Edmonton, Alberta. Oh, yeah. I bet it's Kansas up there. has some different weather, right? A little different. It does, but there's so many other similarities. It's really, mm. it's pretty funny. Like River City, yep. same type of vibe, very upcoming, very um, lots of energy to the city. So it's, it's a yeah. really fun place to be. That's so cool. And how did you guys meet? Like, how did you come together? Yeah, so we met through a mutual friend of ours who's a phenomenal um, businesswoman in her own right. She created yeah. a sustainable and very ethical uh, fashion line, and she's an Uber connector. And nice. uh, she was like, I think you guys should know each other. And so we actually met, funnily enough, um, going out to tacos and margaritas before I went sober. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and became instant friends from there. Yeah. Oh, I love when that happens. Mm -hmm. I thank Lord for those super connectors and they're putting their little feelers out. That's so fun. I want to talk about what you guys got going on with Sip Steady, but I first want to talk about you guys personally and your relationship with alcohol. So Sarah, you kind of already mentioned that you are sober or you don't drink alcohol. What, how do you identify in terms of your relationship with alcohol? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I am alcohol free. I yep. in, it was September 5th, 2021, where a light finally switched on, I would say not off, but the okay. light switched on and something finally clicked for me. I had had a relatively tumultuous relationship with alcohol since my teenage years. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was a lot of denial that I had been, um, experiencing with my relationship with alcohol and thinking that I could moderate and thinking that I could kind mm. of get better on my own. And so while I had definitely taken um, breaks from alcohol, whether that they were, you know, a few months or a month at a time, when I came back to it, again, I like, like I like to describe to people who might not be able to relate to this, because I'm always in awe of people who can um, responsibly drink <laughs> and yeah um, like what is that yeah like what does that feel like and so mm. I was you know typically the one in the friend group during big reunions from college or weddings or holidays or you know vacations with friends where I just I really struggled with moderation because I would be so excited and I yeah. didn't know how to turn that off and so mm. um in like, 20 what do you mean I just want to back yeah. up, up there. Turn what off? 
like turn your excitement off, turn your feelings off, your emotions? Like, yeah. So, what are we talking? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I've, you know, in college when everyone has been shrinking around you and, and it becomes so normalized and blacking out is so, at least, you know, in, in my Greek life experience, being in a sorority, blacking out was like, you know, not abnormal by any means. And it's like um, a badge just, of honor almost. Yeah, it's a badge of honor. And you kind of joke about it the next day and you nurse sure. your hangovers together and you laugh about it. But the reality is looking back, like it's kind of shocking what we put our bodies through um, mentally, emotionally, and physically, and the risky situations that would, you know, more, more often than not uh, result, you know, drinking that much into blacking out, but your body is still navigating the world, right? But you don't know what's going on. And you don't have really, you don't have control over your surroundings and what you're doing and what you're saying. And so Mm -hmm. um, like referring to like that, uh, being unable to turn it off. Um, it doesn't take, it never took me a lot to get drunk. Yeah. And when I was drunk, I never thought like, oh, he, you know, this is a good stopping point. Let's drink, you know, let's switch over to water now. <laughs> right. And so um, if anything, I was always looking to like keep up with other people. And mm. I was typically the friend that was like, no, like, l- like, let's close out the bar. Let's keep the party going. I never wanted to call it a night. Right. And while it, it, like, while it came from what I thought was a pretty, you know, energetic, fun place, yeah. you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and um, I've I had the wonderful opportunity to um, go to therapy and counseling and receive uh, hours of trauma resolution treatment, which mm. I can uh, discuss because I think it's so so incredibly impactful for anyone who um, understands that the at the root of their addiction or their drinking or their substance abuse or use is a result of trauma um, or a symptom of trauma, trauma resolution yeah. treatment tra- changed my life. So um, how yeah. did you get turned on to that? Like, how did you, cause I'm, there must've been some like realization or some light bulb that was like, Oh, that resonates with me. How, how did you get turned on to that form of therapy. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was it, in the least expected way, I will definitely say, um, sure. I was working for a child advocacy center in, okay. um, in my early to mid twenties and I was in the prevention education, uh, office. And so we would go out to schools and teach little kiddos about like safety rules and, mm. um, as I was in that position, I learned a lot about uh, the symptoms or the um, the indicators of the ch- uh, children exhibit when they are being abused. And so, oh. you know, when, when kids start to act out and when they start to um, inappropriately touch other kids yep. and things like that. And I remember I, and I, Kayla, I don't even know if you know this. <laughs> I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but I remember after learning about the um, the how kids exhibit abuse and yeah. how that plays out in the classroom or with their friends or with their family, I went out to my car and I just started sobbing. Mm. And it brought back some memories that I had been suppressing since childhood, yeah. really. Mm. Um, wow. And I had been abused by an older child when I was four years old. Okay. And... I had never really come to terms with that. And there was just a lot of shame associated with that. And so from there, I worked with an anti-sex trafficking nonprofit and learning in that capacity that at the root of why many women and men get into trafficking is because of addiction. And what is at the root Mm -hmm. of addiction? Um, 99% of the survivors of sex trafficking that our organization worked with had a history of childhood sexual abuse. And so it's that cycle that um, is really hard to combat unless you have the tools and the education um, that can play interference. And so I like have definitely recognized that there were many instances in my adolescence and teenage years and early twenties, but like, you know, but by some divine intervention that I could have been in situations that would have changed the trajectory of my whole life. Um, because of what I was putting myself into. 
And um, so, yeah. And so as I was working with this anti-sex trafficking organization, part of one of the amazing resources that this nonprofit gave to survivors was trauma resolution treatment. And it's not like your typical talk therapy. It's really compounded in a way that it helps to rewire your neuro, your um, neurotransmitters, your neuron, your neuro pathways, so that you under your brain understands that you're no longer um, living in the past where your trauma exists. And so it cuts that off. And so that things that would typically trigger someone who has experienced trauma can move through life without reacting to those triggers or feeling so triggered in the first place. And so it was such a gift to be able to receive trauma resolution treatment because I I realized a lot of what I had been carrying or trying to suppress for, you know, over a decade um, was feeding into my social anxiety, was feeling into my sense Mm. of self-worth or lack thereof, and thus contributing to my unhealthy relationship with alcohol, which was, it wasn't the frequency in which I drank, but it was when I did drink. Um, I yeah. really struggled with moderating so that, you know, six or seven out of time, six or seven times out of 10, where I would be in a big social setting, I would, I would tend to over drink and I never hit like, you know, a rock bottom that, mm-hmm. you know, many people will share. Um, I was hospitalized in high school for over drinking and again in college for yeah. slice, slicing my head open um, because of drinking so those all should have been big enough signs to to stop, but they weren't because yeah. it was there wasn't the type of um, I think counterculture to say that there's mm-hmm. alternatives to the you know the college and the you know post college drinking life. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to earn these badges of honor, you know, from blacking out to hospital visits to gosh knows what else. Um, it doesn't have to be so extreme. And I think it's really interesting that you say like, you know, to someone else, I mean, I think we've all done things that to other people could be like, oh, that was your rock bottom. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh no, it has a basement. Like rock bottom Mm -hmm. has a basement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's all, it's, you know, how you perceive it and how you work through it that really, I guess, enables change or enables like something to click, like you said, turn the light on. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I also think I I realized that I just wanted so much more out of life. And Mm -hmm. by the time I had finally um, exited alcohol from my life, I was in like the healthiest place I'd ever been. Like my, my, my drinking was quote unquote, like totally under control. And I wasn't really drinking um, nearly as much as I used to, but I was just like, it still feels like a weight. It still Mm. feels like it's prohibiting me from going after the things that I really want out of life. It's still an energy, you know, suck. (laughs) It is. Um, Yeah. It's a leak. It's a total energy leak for sure. Yeah. So um, yeah. So finally something just snapped or snapped or, you know, clicked into place, however you want to describe it. And it's been the most liberating and beautiful experience ever since. That's so awesome. I also want to say, you know, just on on the topic of like therapy and and going through these traumas, I I want to like say it wasn't a one and done thing, right? A work in progress. I think it's important for people to hear like, oh, like all this clicked into place and that's it we're done. Uh, oh, no. Right? <laughs> yeah. no. No, 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 no. Um, you know, yes, it's great to build like self-awareness, but I think, you know, it's, it's really important to, because people get discouraged, right? They, they're comparing their stories to everyone else. And they're like, well, why isn't this happening to me? Why isn't this just clicking into place with me? Like it's been two months, it's been six months, it's been a year, mm-hmm. you know, um, Sarah, if you could kind of maybe talk a little more about the, how this evolves, right? How like therapy and taking care of yourself really just is a full-time job almost, you know, it's, it might get easier because you're kind of used to it or, or you're, you're in it, but um, could you kind of explain what that kind of maintenance, I guess, looks like or upkeep? Yeah, absolutely. 
So I have been going to therapy on and off since gosh, 2013, maybe. Okay. Um, and actually my first few therapy sessions uh, were not of my own choosing. Okay. They were of um, someone who recognized that I was over drinking and they referred me to get help. Okay. Um, and so while it wasn't mandatory, it was like, you know, you should really go. And so I did. And I'm so grateful I did. But at the time I was in such denial and I was so closed off and not ready Mm -hmm. to recognize the truth and to, um, to start processing all of that, um, heavy stuff, all of those hard emotions that were feeding into my patterns. And so it took years of kind of trying out, you know, different therapists and um, counseling avenues and also being very, very mindful of who I was spending time with, um, who, because I had, you know, in my uh, early twenties, I just had, you know, I recognized that the people I was closest with for the most part, other than my great friends from college were drinking buddies. And there were people who we were enabling one another's, you know, habits And so being very mindful of who was in my social circle, what kind, and and even it came down to like, what kind of media I was consuming and podcasts I I was listening to, I had to really be very cognizant and intentional Mm -hmm. of the inputs of my social spaces and um, what I was ingesting, if you will. And so therapy is definitely, I mean, I give all the credit to the the therapists that I've spent time with and the doctors who have really helped me unplug from my trauma and who have, and um, I've also had some amazing mentors and spiritual mentors who have helped me see beyond the shame and helped me really recognize and internalize that your shame doesn't need to dictate who you are today because who you Mm -hmm. are today is not a reflection of what Mm -hmm. you used to do. You know, every day is a fresh start and it's that, um, it's the choices that you're making minute to minute that are a reflection of who you are and to really, um, to really not feel afraid or to feel stuck in the shame because where there's secrecy, there's shame and shame loves to thrive. Um, Oh Yeah in that darkness. And I feel like as someone who struggled with an alcohol use disorder and um, disordered drinking patterns for a long time, um, it wasn't until I was ready to like own it and say, yeah, like this is, Mm -hmm. this was a part of my, my journey. This was in my past, but it doesn't define me. And if it's going to have any input into what I'm doing today and tomorrow, I'm going to use it as a way to connect with others and to build that bridge and to help, especially other women feel seen and that they're not alone. Um, And I think that's really important to create those safe spaces. Yes. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to do that as well, right? To get up here and even share, even you guys like being here today, sharing your story and about your background. It's takes a lot of nerve and it takes, you're very brave, a lot of courage. Mm. Thanks, Sarah. (laughs) Thank you. And I think, I think the more people, um, I, you, I share my story because if it can help one other person and resonate with one other person to, you know, understand that maybe they've gone through something similar, maybe not. Um, and that's okay. Um, there's no, there's no labels that we need to put on ourselves. So yeah, I guess in a nutshell, thank you. Um, I receive your your kind words. And I think anyone who can use their vulnerability and highlight it as a strength and as a, a bridge to connect with others and help them feel seen and supported, that's all we can do for one another. Totally. Love it. Kayla, you're up next. Yeah. I'm Tell like, us oh, about your relationship with I, alcohol. I, I love listening to Sarah speak because I just feel like she speaks so eloquently and I'm just like, I'm so proud of you and for sharing your story. So love that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I come from maybe, maybe the opposite background where, you know, I, I do call myself a mindful drinker right now. Yeah. That is like a new label for me. I don't really know, um, 
where I fit in at, at this point. I'm not sober, um, yep. but I, I do really moderate my drinking. I think I had half a glass of wine in the month of January and maybe one before that. And so yeah. I'm really taking it day by day. Um, I've never, you know, growing up in Canada, we are around alcohol at a very young age. And I don't, I, I could be generalizing, maybe it's not just growing up in Canada, but I remember in the seventh or eighth grade being around it, we would sneak it out to the dugouts. And oh yeah. I had, I had <laughs> friends who had to get their stomachs pumped and, and that was not great, but it was, that's what you were around. And yeah, the college experience that I think people have in the U S I think we maybe experience it more so in high school. Yes. Um, Cause we turn 18. I mean, I turned 18 in the 12th grade and we went to the bar. That's what yeah. we did. And we were still, you know, I am a December baby. So like I still had half of my high school year left and we were going out to the bars. That's just what we did. Yeah. And oh my gosh. I wouldn't say <laughs> I, yeah. I drank, um, but I like to be in control. <laughs> and mm. so what that did was um, my tolerance yeah. got pretty large because my, you know, when they say where, where there's a will, there's a way mm-hmm. I could will myself to not feeling that drunk because I just, so my tolerance just would grow because I wanted to remain in control. So mm-hmm. I never really had the experience of blackouts. Um, I've definitely gotten goofy. I've definitely, you know, it definitely removed some level of inhibitions and was able to be more expressive. And that's something now at my age that I'm, I'm like still going through what it's like to go out to a bar and not drink and be able to express myself from a place that feels comfortable. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's that experience. uh, It's, it's interesting. Uh, It's, it's actually really lovely. It's like a really nice uh, relationship with myself that I'm Mm. building and it's all based on emotion and feels and you know, there are, I, I just think about it more when I am going to have a drink. I'm like, yeah. do I want this? Or why do I want this right now? And mm. for people who do want it, you know, like I'm, that's totally fine for them if they're like, oh, I love a glass of wine with dinner. And, you know, yeah. I do too. But there's sometimes where afterwards I'm like, well, I didn't need that. And that's mm. kind of where yeah. I'm at where um, I'm just, yeah, it's, it's a constant learning. Um, a couple years ago, I had a, a birthday party that Sarah was at and it was a bunch of, we had a bunch of women come together and we did an Afro-Caribbean dance class and it was so cool. fun. And I don't, we weren't drinking. There was no drinks there other than I think alcohol-free options. And yeah. I hadn't been drinking for a period of time. And we, at the end had a circle. My friend was like, let's say nice things about Kayla around the circle. And I'm going, oh, oh no, I hate this <laughs> attention. And, you know, a couple yeah. friends, what they, what they said was, Kayla can really put them back. You know, the nice thing that they had to say about me was yeah. how much tolerance I had for alcohol. And that really interesting hurt my feelings. And I think because I wasn't drinking at the time, I was yeah. like, completely sober. And the fact that, you know, the mm. nicest thing that they could say about me was how, how much, how high of a tolerance I had was mm. like a huge check. Yeah. What do you like? What, what did that mean to you? Why, why do you think it hurt your feelings? I think I felt like really unseen for, mm. for where I was at in my particular, um, just being yeah. like, I had been alcohol free for, you know, a couple months there. And I was really, right just experimenting with that space. And I just was like, well, that's, you know, it just actually made me reevaluate some friendships as well, because like Sarah said, you know, the people in your life and this and that, and if the nicest thing they have to say about me is that like, I can drink seven glasses of wine, then Hmm. it, you know, I'm like, well, that's not what I would necessarily say about you. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also kind of like, kind of surfacey and superficial like at a time when you like kind of really want to know where you stand with these people that you love yeah yeah and you're feeling like vulnerable all the attention's yes. on you and and you know what I will yeah. give them some credit like being like on the spot trying to pick something out I totally get it too and and yeah. so we had conversations after that but that was 
you know, that was another kind of light bulb of, oh, okay. So I don't think that I, you know, like I said, I've never blacked out. I'm not my, my, I'm a, I know I'm an observer. I've always been an observer, whether I'm drinking or not. I like to kind sure. of see what's going on. I like to see what people are doing. And so I never felt that alcohol changed me really in that sense, but yeah, apparently it was part of my identity and maybe that was a part that I didn't want to face. So mm. it's been, it's been an evolution. Um, I have a background in wellness and host wellness summits. And so taking time off from drinking was, you know, that was kind of life. I'm not, like I said, not a big drinker anyways. I don't drink at home that often when I was really drinking, but um, it's more so listening to my body, seeing what feels good and making the decision from like what emotion is tied to that. And if it's joy and it feels great, then yeah. But if it's anything other than that, then I really try and stay away. Yeah. I love that. Like, where are we making, who is calling the shots? Is this like the little like damaged part of ourselves that wants to check out and like numb Mm -hmm. out and not deal right now and escape avoid, Mm -hmm. or is it like coming from our like higher educated, like grown ass woman self? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And it's been so much work to because I'm not alcohol free so but when I do make a decision of going somewhere I'm really like backing into like for example New Year's Eve you know it was a busy week I didn't really want to go out but it's the normal thing to go to do is to go out my husband wanted to go out we had friends that invited us to go out and I was just like what am I you know I I said I feel I'm feeling very busy I kind of just want to take it easy Mm -hmm. you know well, I could, the, the yes girl in me wants to be like, yeah, I'll come. But, but sure. really, if I'm really listening, what I really want to do is sit on the couch and not do anything at all. But yeah, and that was the best decision I could have ever made. And it was really hard to make that decision because yeah. I, well, I wanted to spend my new years with my husband, but he wanted to go out and right. I just wasn't, didn't, I didn't want to be put in that place. Cause I knew that celebrate it's just was a different, like, I wasn't quite there where I wanted to be around that. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was a great coming into the new year, great learning lesson for me where I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so proud of myself that I did that. And that's yeah. probably the first new year's that I haven't drank since I was 16 years old, maybe. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's that's every day. Cool. Is a different day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's also really important you know, for me to kind of mention like that no one's relationship is like, it's not my position to judge, like whether it's good or bad or right or wrong. Right. Like that, this is up to us. This is up to yourself, your like higher woman, grown ass self to decide what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and we, as a sober girls guide, we're here to really showcase what that looks like. And I really believe that like sobriety is a spectrum. We all have different relationships with alcohol and it's up to us and our responsibility to find out what works for us. Mm-hmm. We're not here to, you know, give unsolicited advice and tell people what they should and shouldn't do. It's 2023. I think we're like, we're good on unsolicited <laughs> advice, right? But I love, I love the, your guys's different um, relationships with alcohol because it just, you guys are different people and it works for, for you for right now. Maybe it doesn't down the road and we'll get there and make some, some changes, but I love just the different perspectives. So thank you so much for sharing, uh, your story. Now I want to, I want (laughs) to segue into sip steady and how, it came to be. What are you guys doing? Give me the 411 on Sip Steady. Sure. Kayla, do you want to take that or would you like me to, co founder? You, you, <laughs> you go for it. You, you go for it. All right. Um, so, yeah, going sober in 2021 was a enlightening experience. It was a sometimes awkward experience because now I'm navigating the world and a social life because I got, you know, it's post 
COVID or, you know, yeah. not post COVID, but like post lockdown and mm-hmm. everyone's like really excited to like go out to concerts again and have a social life that doesn't just involve like Netflix and their couch um, yeah. and Zoom. And so, uh, exp- and Kansas City was still very new to me since my mm-hmm. husband and I moved here during the pandemic when everything was closed. And so going out and seeing what it's like to be, you know, a completely alcohol-free individual who wants to still see new things, go to concerts, uh, even, you know, still go to bars because that's not a a trigger for me. Um, I was, I felt seen in some places where, you know, there's fun non-alcoholic cocktails or there's, you know, bars and restaurants that have a, an alcohol-free menu Um, But for the most part in Kansas city, there were a number of times where I was just like, Oh, this is kind of a bummer. Like I don't Mm. want, I don't want a Sprite or I'm tired of iced tea. And Mm -hmm. so I could, the alcohol free beverage industry was exploding. And I knew that Mm. because I was ordering, you know, all the things that Instagram was telling me to, and finding these, (laughs) these amazing non-alcoholic beverage brands online. Yeah. But seeing the, seeing the disconnect to, Um, the Kansas City marketplace kind of triggered the idea of like, well, hey, you know, what would it look like if I could use my skill sets in marketing, PR, communications Mm -hmm. um, to see what I could do to help support these brands who are doing amazing work, who are, I feel very grateful for, because I know I'm not the only one. I mean, I was like freshly sober and I'm like, I can only imagine how challenging it, it, it can be for people who have been sober for you know many months or many years, and this is what they're facing every day. Um, right. So, what can I what can I do to leverage my skill set and experience to uh, contribute to the movement and just um, help support these amazing brands that I was a mega fan of? And mm-hmm. so, uh, Kayla, myself, and another friend, and this was Kayla's idea. Um, she hosted Mast Her Mind sessions at her house <laughs> nice. because we all we all kind of had these creative passion projects that we were um, breathing life into. And so I floated the idea of like, hey, like, what do you think of the name Sip Steady? And as I kind of shared more about what I had in mind with Kayla, um, she hasn't, she'll share her experience, but um, she was my, my go-to buddy for experimenting with new brands and Mm -hmm. Uh, making non-alcoholic cocktails and so it was just a really natural conversation to have with one another and then I'll let you pick it up from there Kayla (laughs) (laughs) yeah so Sarah was um, just bouncing around ideas of what she could do with sip steady and we were just going back and forth and I think we were both getting so excited Um, yeah I know that human design my human design I'm manifester and I don't know if Sarah knows hers but I'm like you a manifester girl because she's just like idea galore so we started to just yeah put the pieces together and you know Sarah's background in PR and marketing um, really were kind of the basis of SIP Steady when we started Um, my background is in industrial engineering so I did that for 12 years and six years of that I was double duty doing some real estate investing and then doing wellness on the side so hosting wellness of summits in Kansas City. Um, so I was able to work with Gia on our last one. And, you know, yeah. I was ordering, like Sarah said, all the things off Instagram, Amos, Kin, and we were just kind of playing around with it before we yeah. ever started Sip Steady. So yeah, when she was like, do you want to do this with me? It was both, it was a fuck yeah. From both yeah. Of <laughs> yes. It was yeah. the best yes ever. I was so nervous too, because I was like, I knew <laughs> that in order to make SIP study as special and impactful as I, I really believed it could be, yeah. I was really trying to call in, you know, a business partner who shared the same values and excitement yeah. around the NA industry. And Kayla was like, absolutely the perfect person. Mm-hmm. And I mean, SIP study has experienced like a tremendous amount of momentum and like, so excited for all of the beautiful connections we've made and the different brands we've uh, had the opportunity and honor to work with thus far. But yeah. I will say like, none of this would have been possible if Kayla would have been like, mm, no, thanks. <laughs> Not interested. She's, she's, being very, she's being very kind. She's being very kind. We, we put in a lot of hours. Sarah works full time as well as doing sip study. So yeah. she is, you know, doing double duty. We are both 
you know, sometimes nine o'clock at night texting each other or many times nine o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. First thing in the morning, you know, I'm dialing her number and my husband's like, give her a minute. Like you guys are just together last night. I'm like, nope, <laughs> we're, we're doing a call. And, yeah. And we got things to do. Yeah, yeah. We got things to do. We got, we got places to be things to do. And yeah. so it's been so fun. Oh, I love that. Who would have thought from like meeting from having tacos and margaritas <laughs> to now like taking over the non-alcoholic like <laughs> beverage industry and, and creating amazing <laughs> events and helping brands. Yeah, it's what? the best. It is. The you best. never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So tell me about what, what you do kind of like what Sip Steady entails. Yeah. So um, like we kind of like touched on, it started as the concept of wanting to leverage my marketing communications and PR background. And again, I always worked yeah. for nonprofits. So I was always on the side of the table of like, I don't want to say the little guy because these nonprofits do phenomenal, like life-changing work. But when it comes to budgets, like, you know, nonprofits don't always have like the most resources to expend in advertising in marketing in PR. And so I had, we worked with uh, some marketing agencies and PR agencies that did phenomenal work like pro bono or at like a very discounted cost. But I knew what it was like to not have the funding to work with a, you know, $15,000 a month um, PR agency or marketing agency and being really scrappy with what you could afford. And so, and then doing it myself with like my own, um, with my own projects and with like a startup and things like that, I really wanted to say, okay, what gaps could we help these new brands fill? Because again, a lot of these amazing brands started either in 2019 or during Mm -hmm. the pandemic or right after the pandemic. Many of them are micro teams that are just doing all the things at once and understanding what that's like coming from the nonprofit world and having to wear a lot of hats and having like zero bandwidth, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but big dreams. And so the idea of not just like, we don't call the people, the brands that we work with clients, we call them partners because we truly want everyone we work with to feel like we are a real extension of their small but mighty team and Mm -hmm. uh we like to also do like sliding scale you know budgeting and like however we can help a brand whether it's you know with social media management whether it's with pr outreach whether it's with developing lead generation tools or just kind of doing a website audit and helping them finesse their messaging um wherever we can help step in to fill the gap um whatever their budget may be and understanding that it might be very limited because we're so passionate about this work and about the work that they're doing, like we're their number one cheerleader. And it's a way for us to just do things that we are thrilled to be doing with brands that we really believe in. And so what's been, what's been so humbling is we launched, I remember we launched our website and we launched our Instagram, I think it was like August 20th, right? Kayla of 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And within the, and I think I might've boosted like one post with, I don't know, 30 bucks behind it Yeah, because again, like no money. Yes. (laughs) Um, Literally. literally, (laughs) Zero, 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 zero. Um, And being like, well, let's just see what happens. And um, we had, I think like six phone calls in the first like week and a half or something like that with people being like, I found you on Instagram and I want to learn more, like love what you're doing. And we're like, okay, like this feels like we're going in the right direction. And mm-hmm. SIP study, wow. like SIP study is, you know, part of what makes it feel so fun is not only that Kayla and I are super passionate about the NA industry space yeah. um, and the brands and like their mission and what brought them there, but also we want to make it fun. Like we want to make it vibrant and colorful and, mm-hmm. you know, hashtag sober is not boring. And so it has really been an outlet for this amazing, like, again, I'm sober. So I'm like generating all this creativity and ideas <laughs> totally. and like, oh, you're in it girl, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, definitely in the flow state. And so it's been a really amazing creative outlet. And I, the feedback that we got time and time again, being like, I loved like your aesthetic. I loved kind of like what you're what you're saying and what you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just been, yeah, it's been a, a roller coaster ride that just keeps going <laughs> up yeah. and up and up. Mm-hmm. And we're here for it. 
I love that. And tell me about your events. Cause you just had one recently, uh, drive vibes, which I love that. What do your <laughs> events look like? Give me, give, you know, give me a little, uh, behind the scenes of what you can, uh, expect attending one of your events. Yeah. So we really started to think about events in October. So like mm -hmm. Sarah said, we launched as PR and marketing. Um, I have an event background. Sarah's done events in the nonprofit world. And we, one of those calls that we took was with um, Drew from yeah. Gem Life. And yes. just chatting with her, we found out that she had spent a lot of time in Kansas City growing up. Okay. And so even though her bottle shops are in New Jersey, yeah. she knew, knew, we knew a lot of the same people. So it was, it was so fun to talk with her. And then we just were all like, Hey, maybe That's we amazing. should co-host something. Yeah. And so we kind of put that bug out and um, had planned to do something for January. Yeah. And then once that started, you know, to generate some, some buzz for our upcoming kind of larger scale event that we just hosted, we uh, launched a December social lounge at our friend who introduced us at Maddie Apparel at her, okay. um, in her yeah, store. Shout so out to Maddie had, Apparel. Yes. <laughs> So she has a, a little bar in the back of her store and she's always been super supportive of us. She let us post up there. We hosted yeah. um, weekly uh, social lounge where people could do a tasting of, you know, up to 25 different options we had. And it could be like a fun wow. night out doing a little tasting. It was very quaint. It was cute. It was a nice like social thing for December. Yeah. And that was the lead up for uh, Dry Vibes, which we did a couple weekends ago. Yeah. And are planning to do more of. Nice. And Dry Vibes was a weekend of non-alcoholic alchemy, we call it, or okay. NA alchemy, a little bit easier on the vo vocal cords. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we had, we wanted it to be, like Sarah said, fun. Um, we've had a lot of, of the business community here in Kansas City, people that are sober that are like, I don't feel like there's anywhere for me to network because they don't want to go to the bars. Yeah. So we really wanted to incorporate that aspect, um, like a fun night out without alcohol. So mm -hmm. on the Friday, we had a, a DJ, a really trendy hotel, um, downtown Kansas City. Uh, we had different, different kind of zero proof uh, drinks, we had a bunch of different canned beverages. And then we did a panel discussion of just people in the industry. And it was Sarah, you know, Jimmy, the co founder of Brella Drops. Um, okay. our friend who co-founded Sansbar KC and, um, uh, Michael Mackey, who is a TV personality and an Emmy award winner. So it was cool. mainly social, but then also kind of got like a fun little quick interview style panel. Yep. And then Sunday we did an empowered AM really kind of leaning on the wellness side of things. So we had, um, Drew speak on her experience of why she went alcohol free. Mm -hmm. And then we had tasty gluten-free bites. We had kombucha. We had, um, just a lovely morning with market vendors in the wellness space. And then oh. everyone who was coming through did a tasting of over 38 varieties of drinks. And wow. yeah, it was just a really amazing, really amazing turnout. We had over 200 people come and it was just so what? supportive and thrilling really <laughs> thrilling <and laughs> that is incredible you guys congratulations thank, thank you. you that is thank so you. cool I love uh, that yeah it's always you know it's always um anxiety riddled when you're hosting a brand new <laughs> event and yeah. you're a brand new entity to the market and you have no idea like despite you know all of your best marketing efforts and knowing that you did all the things you were supposed to sure. um, wondering, Hey, is anyone going to show up? Yeah. But um, <laughs> it was, it was so, so, so humbling to um, meet everyone. I mean, we, we tried to talk to every single person who attended and thanked them profusely for, you know, finding yeah. us and coming um, and spending their, their Friday night and Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon with us. And like Kayla said, just the feedback that we received time and time again, which really is a testament to the fact that this isn't a trend. It truly is a yeah. groundswell movement with people renegotiating and being more introspective with 
their relationship with alcohol, whatever that looks like, and seeking these spaces that are alcohol free and sober friendly. And there were people who had been sober for many years, there were people who were, you know, mindful drinkers, there were people who still drank, but just wanted like something different, or a friend brought them there, and they kind of like had their eyes open to this. So it's been really, really exciting just to get the feedback from attendees and to know that, you know, this is happening in a huge way, as we know, on the coast, right? New York City yeah. is a mega hub for this, Los Angeles. And so to help bring this movement um, to the Midwest and put Kansas City as like a, a thought leader in the NA industry is something that we're really passionate about too, because there's so much amazing music, art and culture happening mm-hmm. in Kansas City that often goes maybe unrecognized. And again, I'm, yeah. from, I'm from the East Coast. So like, it was yeah. not on my radar, um, but hundred <laughs> percent. Being here, you really see what um, a special community this is. And mm-hmm. um, when Kansas City is passionate about something, it is very passionate. <laughs> Look out! About, yeah, <laughs> about something. Yeah. So just to be um, to help connect people within this space, to help support the brands that we know and love, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like work. And that's you know what mm-hmm. more could you ask for? That's the best. Yeah, that's the best possible outcome. That is so amazing. (laughs) Congratulations. I am so excited for your next events and definitely want to be involved. Maybe I'll have to take a trip down to Kansas City for sure. Oh my gosh. Come on down. Love that. Come on down. Um, Do you guys have, I have one more question for you. Do you have any advice for someone who is maybe thinking of changing their relationship with alcohol or kind of kind of going through the feels right now with their relationship with alcohol? What is one piece of advice you can give someone? Let's start with Sarah. Sure. The first thing that comes to mind for me is I think number one, to know that you know that you know that you know that you are not alone. Mm. Like no matter how bad you might think that your issue is or what you've experienced in the past or the things that you would rather forget, or maybe the things that you can't remember that you wish you had, um, whatever that looks like to know that there's someone out there who can relate to you. And I think that was just that knowingness that you're not alone, that you're not the only one who is experiencing something to this effect is really important because I think it gives you a place of that self empowerment mm-hmm. um, and, and helps to dissolve some of that shame. Um, and then to know that like, if you're questioning your relationship with alcohol or you're just kind of feeling those feels around it to find there's so many resources out there. I mean, your podcast is one, there's so many incredible books. The sober community is unlike any other community I've ever been yeah. um, a part of before And so there is everything to gain by choosing differently, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's taking the night off from drinking. Maybe it's reaching out to a friend and disclosing something. Maybe it's seeking out a therapist. Um, Maybe it's just like Kayla said, maybe it's just choosing not to go out one night, taking those baby steps um, and rewiring those thought patterns. And like Kayla touched on, like, why, why do I feel like I need to drink? Or Mm. why do I feel, am I feeling pressure externally? Or is this something internally going on that I should be exploring more closely? And so, yeah, yeah, you're not alone. Ask those Mm -hmm. questions and these, they may be tough, but the doors that they will open and the freedom that it will unleash is something that you deserve. Love that. Thank you, Sarah. Kayla. Yeah, mine would be like the first thing that came to mind, very similar to what Sarah said, was seek community and uh, not to get too into the planets and everything. But on this Aquarius new moon and everything coming in, it's community filled. It's being able Mm -hmm. to ask for help. It's um, really finding your your people. And whether that is maybe it's on the wellness side of things, that's a great place to start, whether it's breath work or yoga. And being able to talk to those people and maybe ask them what they have going on. Because for me, the the best thing to do was to put myself, the first step for me was to put myself in the places that I felt um, comfortable in. Or, mm. And I should say comfortable without, um, without okay. having to make those choices. So where it was just like, that's not here. This is a place where, where we work on self. Right. And so 
yeah, supportive spaces and people and communities that you can do that internal work, but also know that um, you might not be triggered by something that you're trying to stay away from. Love it. And where can we find you, ladies? Yeah, we are at sipsteady underscore on Instagram and at sipsteady.com. We are also on TikTok at sipsteady. (laughs) Nice. And probably the best place to stay up to date for future events and future uh, news and stuff like that would be Instagram, right? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. we like to use our Instagram as both like an educational way. Um, we share a lot of facts, stats, and research um, for the NA industry because, again, we love working with brands and we want to provide value to them. But it's yeah. also a place where we build community with mindful drinkers, you know, sober folks, anyone who's just interested in feeling welcomed and supported along their their mindful drinking or sober curiosity journey. Awesome. Thank you, ladies, so, so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. How awesome are Sarah and Kayla? And I love what they're doing, bringing awareness to amazing non-alcoholic products. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback about the podcast. And remember, sharing is caring. If this podcast helped you, chances are it's going to help someone that you know and love. So share away. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide and head over to asobergirlsguide.com. We got your back at any stage of your booze-free journey. From the Sober Girls Social Club to our tips and tricks on our blog, we got your back at any stage of your journey. Head to asobergirlsguide.com now. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.